there are events that test our mettle and our resolve. As we move through this crisis, how are we coping, adapting, fighting on? Join us for local stories of perseverance, creativity, and contributing to community as we showcase Detroit area leaders who share their thoughts and stories and discuss how they and their organizations are managing adversity and serving others. Welcome to Michigan Motors Forward and Metro Detroiters who are pivoting, evolving, and moving ahead. Welcome to Michigan Motors Forward. I'm John Gay. Advances in technology and industry are always changing the workforce at large, but never has this been more so in 2020. We're going to take a closer look at that today with Michelle Wine of Workforce Intelligence Network. Michelle, welcome to Michigan Motors Forward. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So let's start right at the top. Tell us what WIN, Workforce Intelligence for Southeast Michigan, is and what it does. Sure. So the Workforce Intelligence Network, or as we like to call it, WIN, is a consortium of eight community colleges and six Michigan Works areas um, covering 16 counties in Southeast Michigan. And largely what we do is we operate in three different areas, research, engagement, and solutions. Um, So we do lots of employer-based and labor market-based research. Uh, We work with employers on engagement, and then we also try to provide workforce solutions to all of the employers that we work with, as well as our members, our community college participants, and our Michigan Works areas. When I have been between jobs and when I was working in radio and unfortunately fell victim to some corporate layoffs, I dealt with the Michigan Works office and they really are great folks over there. Yeah. So the areas that we cover, it's all the way down to the Ohio border and then all the way up to the thumb. So it's 16 counties. It includes Ann Arbor, Flint, Detroit, Lenaway, Hillsdale, Livingston, sort of the broad Southeast Michigan area, um, which I think we'll get into a little bit later, but really defines the labor market for this part of Michigan. Okay. So as I mentioned off the top, and I'm stating the obvious here, of course, but the pandemic has really altered the workforce landscape like never before. We had record unemployment and a lot of people working from home. Are these jobs that people lost in 2020, are they coming back? Yeah, they are. So what makes the pandemic particularly unique from a researcher perspective and like a geek out perspective for me Mm -hmm. is that it occurred sort of right at the perfect moment in time for us to look at it from a data perspective. The way that the federal government collects employment data, it occurs usually in the week that includes the 12th day of the month. And Michigan shut down on the 14th of March, if you remember, which Mm -hmm. included the week that it had the 12th day. So all of our data starting really in March and April was perfect data for us to really analyze the effect of the pandemic. And so in doing so, Wynn publishes these quarterly labor market reports. And we can take a look at really how unemployment changed from the first quarter in Southeast Michigan to the second quarter when we really saw the effect of the pandemic. And now we're into the third quarter and we can see it sort of circling back around. So kind of for reference, in Southeast Michigan during the first quarter of 2020, our unemployment rate was 4.2%. In the second quarter of 2020, it was 21.2%, which is really the effect of the pandemic exclusively. Mm -hmm. But now we're into the third quarter and it's come all the way back down to 9.6%. So certainly not where we were before the pandemic. We're still about five percentage points too high. But you can see that as the state started to open back up and a lot of those jobs returned, the unemployment rate came back down. That is really interesting. So that we're coming back, of course, like you said, not all the way back to where we were pre-pandemic, but the jobs are starting to come back, which I think is encouraging. Yes. 
So how does Win previously and currently and in the pandemic and going forward, how do you help job seekers and employers get those Michiganders that are still out of work back to work? So WIM doesn't work with job seekers specifically or usually at all. Uh, Typically, we work with employers. And when I talk to people like you who are asking me how we can help people sort of find new employment or get back to be a part of the workforce, I always recommend that they go through the Michigan work system. Mm-hmm. The Michigan work system has so many opportunities available that sometimes are just sort of glossed over in your personal job search because the Michigan work system really does work directly with employers and knows exactly where the best opportunities are that may not necessarily be publicized on the internet or in the newspaper, those kinds of things. So your focus is more on the employer side than the employee side. Yes. And typically when one works with employers, what we're helping them do is find the data that they need to make employment offers or to find employees in the best way possible. So that could be providing them with wage data for a neighboring county so that they know if they're really competitive in the labor market um, in their hiring process. It can be talking about what skills are other employers looking for so they know if their job ads are really targeting the same types of people. It can be talking about what types of things that we've heard in doing surveys with employers that have caused turnover. So is it a lack of a provision of childcare? Is it a lack of transportation? Those types of things. So we're really trying to help them understand what the hiring market looks like and what changes they can be making to make themselves the most competitive. So it's really a matter of, like you said, it's a really data-driven approach and working with the employers. And of course, as the data has just been all over the place in 2020, as we've kind of swung back and forth with this pandemic, that's really interesting. So looking to the future, what kind of job opportunities do you see now and going forward as you talk to these employers and work with them? If we're talking about right now, for the third quarter of 2020, most of the job ads have been concentrated in like healthcare and transportation, distribution and logistics. Mm -hmm. So again, that's really the effect of the pandemic. Um, There have been tons of job ads for light truck drivers, heavy and tractor trailer truck drivers, sort of the concept of everything being delivered all the time for most of us right now. So there are tons of those opportunities available. There's also still a huge need for registered nurses, home health care aides, child care workers, those types of positions that I think are really reflective of where we are right now as a society. If people are going to work, they have to figure out how to get their kids taken care of, especially if their kids aren't able to be in school right now. So that's where that child care worker aspect comes in. And then the same for home health care workers. There are tons of people elderly or not, who need help at home. And if the primary caretaker is going back to work, you need more help at home than you might not normally be able to provide. Really is fascinating when you think about the 360 degree effect that the pandemic has had, whether it's looking out for kids and trying to manage, looking out for them, but also having them in virtual school while you're working. And then on the opposite side, if you have an elderly parent, like you said, may not even be elderly, but somebody who needs a little bit of extra health care, having to bring those folks into the home. Yeah. The logistics and the delivery stuff fascinates me. I think about getting groceries delivered. I think about mm-hmm. a friend of mine who lost his job and became an Amazon driver and is working full time in a van. I think it's a third party company that contracts with Amazon. They give him a van to drive around and he drives and drops off packages all day. And I think he's lost 35 pounds in the last <laughs> few months because he's been walking and packages up people's front steps in the whole pandemic. 
Yeah, I mean, well, I guess the the health benefits of that are great. But yeah, there's just been so much that's changed about the way that we conduct our day to day lives. And so much of it being delivered door to door for us now has really increased the need for those transportation, distribution and logistics workers. If I'm thinking about the future, though, if I'm thinking about 10 years down the road, sort of into 2028, which is when I projected out to, there's still um, a ton of demand for skilled trades positions in the state of Michigan. Mm. And I think that that's sometimes the thing that's sort of glossed over when we're thinking about how to encourage our kids to think about what they want to do with the rest of their lives. College and four-year degrees are excellent opportunities and should definitely not be dismissed, but they're sometimes not for everyone, depending on your interests and also if you like to be on your feet, if you like to work with your hands, all of those types of things. And there's a great demand 10 years in the future for skilled trades in Michigan. Some of it is because of the growth of those positions. You know, there's a ton of obviously mobility companies working in the state of Michigan and they're growing for different reasons. But some of it's also because a lot of those positions tend to employ people that are reaching their retirement stage. And so as more and more baby boomers sort of leave the workforce, there's a need for welders, electricians, tool and die makers, plumbers, industrial machinery mechanics, machinists, all of those types of positions that are going to see huge amounts of annual openings over the next 10 years, largely because the people who are working in those positions are going to be stepping back from the labor force. That is interesting, the age gap that you speak of there. And I think when you take a step back, and yes, there's always this emphasis on college and four-year degrees and that sort of thing, but people can make a really great living in some of these skilled trades. And I think some of these more, for lack of a better way of putting it, white-collar jobs or office jobs. I think some of these skilled trades, people work with their hands, plumbers, electricians, that sort of thing, that's not as easily done by a robot as some of these jobs that you might end up with after a four-year degree. I think there's probably a, a bigger future in that too, right? Yeah, I think that's certainly part of it. You know, We have some interesting data on automation and the likelihood of whether or not a particular position will be automated in the next couple of years. Mm. So that's always really fun to look at and kind of figure out what we see. But what I really want to focus on is the, you mentioned the wage and what makes the skilled trades positions so great especially if you're thinking about not pursuing a four-year degree, is that every single one of the occupations that I listed earlier actually makes above the statewide median, which is $18.60 an hour. Hmm. Yeah, they make at least the statewide median or above. You're making as much or more than 50% of the population in Michigan if you pursue an opportunity like that. So there are really excellent middle-class jobs that you can make a great life for yourself if you choose that kind of position. Really interesting to think about going forward. And you think about that, especially that gap when so many people are going to be retiring and the need for those positions here in Michigan. As we start to wrap up here, Michelle, and I know you said you focus more on employers than employees, but what advice would you have for both sides, both those seeking employment and those looking for employees in the immediate future here? Sure. For those seeking employment, I can't recommend enough either contacting your local Michigan Works area. They usually cover several counties, um, except for the city of Detroit, which is its own Michigan Works area. Mm-hmm. And going to sit down with a specialist and kind of talk to them because they can really point you in the right direction of job opportunities that are available, especially based on your previous work experience, your education, your skills that sort of thing. They really take that all into account and can really help you sort of hone in. They also offer training opportunities. So if you are thinking about making a 
career change and you want to consider an apprenticeship opportunity or you want to consider some other sort of post-secondary opportunity, they can really work with you to figure out if those types of training and credentialing educational opportunities are right for you. In addition, I would recommend going to Pure Michigan Talent Connect, which is Mm -hmm. the state's job board. And there are just a lot of great Michigan-based job opportunities listed on Pure Michigan Talent Connect that sometimes are not listed on your sort of your Indeeds or your Monsters or wherever else it is that you're searching for jobs. On the employer side, again, I would really recommend working with your local Michigan Works area because since they're meeting with all of these prospective job seekers, they can really talk to you about the type of talent that's available in your area and help you find the right candidate. They also can help you understand if maybe you need to be expanding your search area or thinking about narrowing your credentials or expanding your credentials that you're searching for. They can really give you a good perspective on the talent that's available in your region. Great. And I do have to sneak one more question before we wrap up here, because you're telling me that you're a data person. So I wanted to ask you one more data question, which is the immediate future. I mean, we're really kind of hanging on the precipice of what happens with COVID here over the next few months. There's some tough outlook. We're recording this, by the way, on Monday the 16th, the governor just came out with new restrictions last night. How much of what we're looking at from the employment side is dependent on how Michigan deals with COVID as we get into the winter months here? I think a lot of it is really dependent on how well Michigan deals with COVID. I mean, as I sort of stated at the beginning of our conversation, what makes the pandemic so interesting for a data person like myself is its timing. I can really hone in on an exact month and say this increase in unemployment rate was due solely to the pandemic. So with that being said, I think you saw that the second quarter, which would be um, April, May, and June, which were really the toughest months that we experienced in the state of Michigan, if you mm-hmm. compare it to the healthcare data, uh, in terms of how many cases were reported a day, and unfortunately, how many deaths were reported a day, you saw a similar trajectory in the unemployment. It rose quite substantially. And then during the third quarter, which would be you know July, August, and September, when things began to calm down in Michigan, when we were starting to go back to restaurants and starting to have small outdoor gatherings and, you know, potentially going even back into the office, depending on your line of work, we saw the unemployment rate start to recede. And so I think that if we're experiencing really high spikes in cases and deaths, then I think we'll also continue to see sort of high spikes in unemployment. The two are sort of correlated, although I don't want to say that they're causally related. I think that's a really important point to close on here, Michelle, because I think there are some folks who feel like there's this choice between opening the economy and controlling the pandemic, and you can't have it both ways, but they really are tied together in terms of getting the pandemic under control to get the economy going again. Yes, absolutely. All right, Michelle Wine from the Workforce Intelligence Network. How can people find out more information about you? Well, if I want to find more information about me, I would encourage them to go to our website, which is winintelligence.org. And we have all of our quarterly labor market reports going back years. We also have tons of special research projects that we do on the side uh, for various clients around uh, Southeast Michigan. So there's some really interesting stuff on there. We just did a connected and automated vehicle skills gap analysis. Same for cybersecurity. 
There's a ton of really cool data on there. And my information is also on there under staff. And if you are interested in learning more about unemployment information or job demand information in Southeast Michigan, I would encourage people to shoot me an email. A lot of resources available as uh, we look at the employment market here. And I think in the future, when the coronavirus is finally behind us, there's going to be a lot of research and a lot of information gleaned from everything we've gone through in 2020. And you're right at the forefront doing this research as we're still in the middle of it. So pleasure to talk to you today, Michelle. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was great. Michigan Motors Forward is produced by Jag and Detroit Podcasts in partnership with Tanner Friedman Strategic Communications. Subscribe for free on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever fine podcasts are found.